You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. An iconic company may be on the verge of selling itself, or maybe not. Time Inc., owner of Time Magazine, Sports Illustrated, People, Fortune, many others, has received bids from potential buyers, um, some of which are for the entire company. Uh, two of the bidders we know are Meredith Corp., known for its parenting and wedding magazines. They'll get into that in just a little bit, uh, and a consortium bid led by Edgar Bronfman, uh, perhaps best known as the former CEO of Warner Music. Joining us to talk about what's in time's future is Bloomberg Media and Telecom Editor Creighton Harrison, live from Los Angeles, and Bloomberg Gadfly columnist Tara LaChapelle. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, all right, Creighton, so uh, maybe start and just sort of give us the state of play here with time. What's been the recent story? I know they have a new CEO, and why is time you know, thinking about potentially selling itself now? Well, uh, I, I guess I guess we have to even go back uh, a little further to the Time Inc. spinoff uh, from Time Warner uh, a few years ago, uh, which which kind of set the company on this path. The uh, company was spun off with with a lot of debt, and um, and that has you know made the process of of trying to figure out how to survive as a as a print magazine company uh, even tougher. Um, and so here we are, uh, you know, yes, they do have a new CEO, Rich Batista, who came on, uh, a few months ago. He is trying to transform the company into more of a digital player, uh, with all sorts of video services and more entertainment focus, not so much, uh, not so much on, you know, traditional kind of magazine journalism. Um, but, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough road. Um, you know, print advertising sales, as we know, are very bad. And getting worse by by some measures. I was just looking at the stats. Uh, it looks like uh, for the industry, according to Magna Global, they were down nine percent uh, last year, and they're projecting down eleven percent every year through 2022. So that's what we're working with. And then the digital advertising sales, while growing, uh, are not growing fast enough to make up for that decline. Um, so every company that prints things on paper is dealing with the same issue. Um, but what Time Inc. has is a bunch of brands, uh, as you mentioned. It's got people, it's got time, it's got fortune. You know, some really iconic uh, names. Um, so you know, the some I, I, I think I think I believe, and maybe you can talk about this a little more under pressure from uh, from some of their investors. They have had to you know kind of go through this process, and uh, and then they did get an unsolicited bid uh, from uh, from Mr. Bromfin, which uh, I think it's kind of accelerated this uh, 
this evaluation of their options. Right. So there's a activist shareholder, Jana Partners, that owns about 5% uh, of outstanding shares right now. Uh, and as you mentioned, Time was spun off as a publicly traded entity uh, in 2014, uh, actually after uh, it had been in discussions with Meredith to do a merger, uh, and that deal fell apart because Time Warner decided that it wanted to go the tax-free spinoff route instead, and also because Meredith decided it didn't want to own all of Time Magazine's titles. Um, and we'll get into why that is and, and, and whether or not that may be this, the, the, the case now in just a second. But you mentioned the Bronfman bid. Tara, tell us a little bit about um, what that bid was and whether or not that was sort of an appealing offer. This happened back in November. Yeah, so the the offer that they made was um, unsolicited, and it was for eighteen to twenty dollars a share. I think is what you guys had reported, um, and it was a pretty good price. Like that's surprising, right? I mean, we've seen other media companies, um, notably newspapers, sell for low valuations, but something like Time, obviously, there's a lot of value there, and these guys saw it. And I think that kind of just got the ball rolling because I think investors were really excited to see a decent premium like that. And it's like, okay, well, if the one shares person, were, were trading around thirteen, around thirteen dollars, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you're talking 18 to 20, and that's just an initial unsolicited bid before you even start the negotiations, I mean, that kind of tells you you could go a little bit higher than that. And I think that kind of made it worth it for them to, you know, get banks to start talking to other buyers, especially Meredith, see if they're interested in the whole company or pieces of it, and if they could potentially pay more than that. So, now we're in a situation where there are four, four, I think, four options about what time can do. Um, just to update people, uh, Time received bids uh, over the weekend, um, or maybe very early this week, uh, from the parties that are interested uh, in potentially buying it or buying certain magazine titles or making an investment in Time. Uh, and now the board is taking a look at those offers. So now Time has four different things it can do. It can sell the entire company. It can sell some magazine titles, but not all, and continue on as a publicly traded company. It can sell a stake in its company to a private equity firm or a private investor, or it could do nothing uh, and just move on as a as a publicly traded company. And I must admit, I, you know, you, doing this job and speaking to uh, board members and people at companies and bankers and advisors, you get a decent sense about how likely a deal is. Uh, I must say that I truly have, I would say like each one of those is 25%. I mean, it is <laughs> yeah. for me on this one. I do not know what's going to happen. Um, uh, it, it, there definitely seems like there are people within time that do not want to sell this company. That said, they're under pressure to do something. Uh, there's sort of a going narrative that the bids may not come in high enough for time. Although, as Tara pointed out, Going back to an unaffected premium basis, you could make an argument that time should sell if if they're getting a twenty dollar, twenty one dollar offer, um, and those are made up numbers. I yeah, don't know I mean, exactly if they're the getting a, a bid in the two billion dollar range and they've got one point two billion of debt, I mean, that's not a terrible price to sell for as a magazine company. So, right? what is the argument to not sell here? Why would they decide, other than the fact that they have a new CEO and maybe this guy Rich Batista just wants to run the company? Is there an argument 
that time really has a good go-forward plan. So I, I don't think that shareholders want to see them stay independent. However, I could see management's argument that we're at a point in time where their digital advertising is just beginning to sort of take off. It's doing pretty well considering, you know, if you kind of like look at the backdrop of print advertising and the industry in general, like, yes, it's not great. I mean, their uh, print advertising revenue was dropping off like 10% or more in la- the last few quarters. Um, but their digital advertising has grown like 60% or more the last few quarters. And I think the revenue last year from the digital side was about $500 million, which is pretty good. I mean, that's half what they get from print now. So from you know that context, it's not great, but I think it's, it's showing life and it's showing that they can be successful here. And they're really committed to doing more mobile video. They launched this, um, which I, I think is pretty cool, this thing called Pen. It's uh, their People and Entertainment Weekly Network, and it's like a live streaming thing, and you can watch these videos that are about sort of their cover stories from People Magazine, and they're pretty cool. I saw a few of them, like they did one on Viola Davis and one on Oprah. They're like 20 minutes long or so. Um, So you can kind of see the potential there. It's like, we don't know how much it's going to pay off, but I can see where they're going, and they have a pretty good plan, and I, I almost think it's better than what Meredith's doing with their magazine. So from that standpoint, you know, maybe time can make the argument to stay independent and see where all this goes, and maybe they're worth more down the road. What is Meredith doing with its magazines? By the way, some of some of the titles that Meredith has, uh, Wood Magazine, um, <laughs> which you can get for the low, low price of twenty nine ninety nine. To be clear, that is like woodworking. Wood, W-O-O-D. <laughs> yeah, for two years, woodworking. Um, it, it also has some wood lifestyle coverage, too. I'm pretty it sure. does. <laughs> it does. Uh, uh, Meredith also owns a lot of magazines. There's one called Fit Pregnancy and Baby that Meredith owns, so not... You know, only people that are interested in a fit pregnancy, <laughs> and, and unclear if fit applies to baby there, if it's or not, if it's just pregnancy. So, so yeah. So, so what is Meredith doing with its magazines? Meredith, by the way, owns both broadcast TV channels yes. and magazines, unlike Time, which is a pure play magazine company. So Meredith's very lucky that it has those TV stations because they um, they drive like 33% of their revenue and very profitable. Um, but their magazine side, they're taking a different tax. So they own a lot of you know the lifestyle, the women's magazines, the grandma magazines, and they are trying to target people through Walmart. So for instance, Better Homes and Gardens, which is their biggest magazine, um, I think their rate base, their circulation that they guarantee to their advertisers is over $7 million. Um, so it's pretty big. And what they have are... Better Homes and Gardens branded products that they sell at Walmart. So you could buy a shelf by that brand at Walmart. Um, they also have like Eating Well magazine. There's the Eating Well line of frozen foods. So they're going more the consumer route, um, which is also an interesting strategy. Uh, but I think when you look at where we are in just sort of the media industry right now, the big thing is um, obviously President Trump and Time magazine has Time, uh, Time and that obviously is one of those publications that's benefiting from all this interest. And Meredith really doesn't have anything that is, you know, riding that wave right now. It's, it's kind of all the same stuff that they've had. So it'll be interesting to see if they want all of time and want all these publications, publications and if they even fit their company and their strategy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the part that makes it difficult to to make a call on what's going to happen here is you don't know as much about what the buyers want to do. I mean, whether that's Meredith or, or the Bronfence or, or whatever parties we don't uh, know about or haven't reported yet. I mean, you know, presumably all of these folks have some sort of digital strategy as well and what they want to do with the brands and what, what they want to keep and what they don't. Um, and so it's hard to compare it with uh, what we do know publicly about timing management's own plan. Um, so while, you know, 
there there are some positives to what management wants to do, and and you can make a case that okay, maybe you give them give them some time if you're the board to uh, to to work on their own and see if they can figure it out. Um, you know, the board also has to evaluate what what presumably they're seeing in terms of uh, the the strategy for the for the titles. Yeah, if they're if they're not owned by by the current uh, owners. It's a very good point, Creighton. And, and in fact, uh, various different sources around the Bronfman bid uh, have told me that uh, Bronfman does not want to buy time just to run time better, that there is a bigger strategy here. Now, I don't know what that strategy is, <laughs> but I have heard from several different people um, involved in that consortium bid that buying time would only be one small piece to a larger puzzle here. Um, Look, Tara mentioned the numbers, the digital numbers, which sound pretty good. Is that surprising, Creighton, or is that fairly standard uh, where like, there's a lot of growth in digital advertising among these print publications? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it depends on the publication, but, but it's, not, it's not surprising. I mean, you know, again, you know, to the extent that, that these uh, companies are able to, able to leverage their brands online and, 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 and attract people with, with kind of their, their reputation and then you know, spend them out to new things. I mean, look, there's there's plenty of capacity for advertising on these sites. There's uh, you know, there's there's plenty of search driven advertising and video advertising to serve up. Um, it's just it's just not it's just not enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it, you know it's it's there and it's growing and, and you see these big numbers. Oh, 30% growth, 40% growth, and you're like, wow, okay, this is great. They, they found a way to to grow again. But um, you have to just look at the volume and the, and the declines on print are so drastic that uh, that it's, it's hard to turn that ship around. I mean, on a positive note, analysts are forecasting that Time's revenue will kind of stabilize just below the $3 billion mark for like the next two years. So, I mean, that's not terrible either. Like it's, you. I mean, it, it's hard, right? Like the, the print is declining so fast, but at least it's stabilizing. It's not dropping off like it was the last few years. We've kind of hit a mark where it's kind of, you know, comfortable. <laughs> And you do make the point that, that Time Magazine and maybe some of the other properties to a lesser extent could benefit from, uh, uh, so, you know, from subscriber growth if, if people are, you know, becoming more interested in reading news again mm-hmm. um, because of the current administration. <laughs> I mean, right. we've seen this with the number of, of companies, right, with the New York Times uh, company and Condé Nast. I, I think it's talked about New Yorker subscriber numbers being up quite a bit, The Atlantic as well, companies that are dedicated to serious journalism are benefiting to some extent uh, from from more subscriptions uh, right now. We'll see if that continues and can be sustained. Right. Is that a blip in time? Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, even the entertainment stuff, I think the mobile video is really key there. And Time made a good point even on their earnings call that these videos are super cheap for them to make. So, like, you know, they did a cover story on Oprah, like I said, in January about her weight loss journey. And the video was similar to that. It was about 20 minutes long. And it was basically just... Uh, role of her past interviews and appearances and her TV show and a People magazine writer talking about it. So, I mean, it was really cheap for them to make, really easy to do. And they had all these ads every couple of minutes throughout the video. And you imagine they're making good money off of that. So, I mean, I think that is kind of interesting that they're really going after what we're kind of seeing other companies go after. AT&T is looking at mobile video and the importance of that. So to act on that, I think, is smart, at least. And we don't know who, as Creighton mentioned, there are three buyers out there, uh, one of which is a publicly traded company that have apparently uh, expressed interest in buying all of time. We don't know who they are. We may or may not ever find out who they are. Um, But I suppose it is possible that one of these larger media telco companies uh, 
had expressed interest in time. We don't know. Um, but, you know, because they might be interested in some of the content there. It seems like a stretch. I don't think so. I don't think a Verizon or an AT&T wants to get into the magazine business per se. But uh, if they do feel like the stuff is just moving digital and it's, you know, it's only a matter of time before, you know, the print is, is I don't know if I want to say phased out, but certainly to some degree phased out, uh, then maybe there would be some but when you get into yeah, we, I mean, when you get into the the, the I mean, we have a lot of discussions uh, right in the newsroom about about potential buyers for things. I mean, we're always trying to think about this stuff, and and it's really hard right now because because there are a lot of possibilities. You you really could see a lot of configurations that maybe weren't possible a few years ago. I mean, I don't think any of us would have argued. I don't know, even five years ago. That Verizon was going to buy AOL and then Yahoo. Right, Agreed. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't really. I mean, you know, maybe you know, it, it would have been kind of a far fetched notion. I don't um, know that I argue like, they should do it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe still a little far fetched. Yeah, like no matter. But, but that said, I mean, you know, and then you have to go. Okay, well, okay, then you have to throw Verizon in the mix for timing. Like, would Verizon want timing? Would like you said, would AT and T want timing? Would you know Disney? Would you know? I, I mean, it's just you can keep going and going, and these things are. It, we're we're in we're in kind of a, a weird place right now where where anything's sort of possible. Meredith maybe makes the most sense, yeah. just just in the sense <laughs> that they have a long history with time, and then they almost got a deal done several years ago. Uh, but from what I have heard from people that are very close to Meredith, they have a reputation of getting really far down the road and then not consummating deals, whether it's price or some other reason. But Meredith almost got a deal done. With Media General, they actually agreed on that deal, and then Nextar came over the top, made an offer to buy Media General. That deal fell apart. That was about 18 months ago or so. As I mentioned, the deal with Time fell apart, uh, and already I, I've started to hear some whispers that there is concern on the Time side uh, about getting a deal done with them, in part because some of those issues from the last deal still exist. Time has, uh, you know, finance magazines and men's magazines, mm -hmm. and there's not a clear fit with a bunch of women's magazines there. So if Meredith was able to get a deal done, they have already been in talks with uh, some smaller private equity firms to potentially sell off some of those titles that may not make as much sense with their women's magazine. So if Meredith does, in fact, uh, end up buying time, I would not be surprised if they partner with a private equity firm uh, and actually end up divesting some of those titles to someone else. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, what what you get by having all those magazines together is is some scale and in, in terms of your distribution, your advertising, especially as you go into a digital world and you can cross sell and all those kind of great things. And I think try, Time Inc. is trying to do more of that. But there is the other argument that maybe some of these titles are better off on their own and and, and their value could be better better reflected on their own, right? I mean, if you if you think about you know some some sort of business minded outlet that wants to add the fortune brand to the mix. I mean, um, you know, that's, that's, that's something that may, may be, be, uh, be better for them than, than as part of a collection of, you know, sports and men's and, you know, and news titles. I mean, you know, you have, to, you have to kind of think through those, those ramifications. Right. Cause some of their publications are most certainly being neglected as they focus on these new initiatives. I mean, right now the big thing is people and those videos. And it's like, obviously, you know, someone is getting left out and the resources aren't really being uh, devoted to them. So maybe they would be better off on their own. So all of this may be cleared up uh, by the time the next episode rolls around. We may have an answer within a week or so on what time decides to do. So I will give you an update on that situation next week um, on, uh, on our next episode. Creighton Harrison, Bloomberg Media and Telco Editor, 
and Tara LaChapelle, Bloomberg Gadfly columnist. Thanks for joining us. That's it for this week's episode of Deal of the Week. hope you enjoyed that. And you can listen to all of our episodes on Bloomberg.com or iTunes or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Also, please, if you have a chance, rate and review the episode on iTunes. Uh, it helps more people find the show. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Creighton, where can people find you on Twitter? Creighton underscore H. And Tara? T-A-R-A-L-A-C-H. See you next week. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.